You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Monday, everybody. It's a little bit earlier than usual for us, at least the last two weeks anyway, because we've been covering post-game content, but... It's Monday morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. It is the Out of Sight Podcast and the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. I'm your host, Adil Royster. Co-host David Early, always here with me. Dave, how you doing? After just watching Joel Embiid, uh, pretty good. Listen, last night's game, I got to say, 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 blocks. Uh, let me just start here. It's a good thing the Sixers don't play again until Friday because, good God, the man needs a rest. Dude, he – I was I was tweeting last night, like, Joel just played nine games because you, – you, Really? You could have made probably a 20-minute montage of scary falls in traffic, him, act, like, working out the kinks of a sore shoulder, sore knee, sore Unreal. foot crazy falls and he did it again the next night putting up like an all-time 70 year type performance and he had to because nobody else was really doing anything last night maxi only had 18 tobias harris eight points in 32 minutes pj tucker with a goose egg thibault d'anthony melton niang all of them just completely completely ineffective offensively this was like one of the all-time Joel Embiid, get on my back, F you, Joe Boo, I do it myself kind of games. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey must have read something one of us at Liberty Ballers wrote, basically that he's so much better with James Harden because it's he's like playing like he believes that now, and now he feels he needs Harden out there. I guess so, but like, oh my goodness. And honestly, with as much as we've been giving the head coach over the last like week and a half, two weeks, can you imagine the outcry if Doc had somehow lost this game? Either, either this game or last game. Um, right. Especially last game because they were up 27 and needed to, like, eke it out, basically. So I was I was very much prepared for some of the chance fire Doc Rivers if it came to it. But uh, you, maybe you get the sense Joel doesn't want him to lose his job because – Doc just makes him basically the offense. And I guess. So maybe Joel was like, look, these are, these are the two most important games of my career. I have to save Doc's job. <laughs> so with Joel Embiid going off the way he has, like the last two games uh, against the Atlanta Hawks and the Jazz, are you encouraged by the fact that he's like kind of stepping in and taking over offensively for James Harden? Or are you kind of discouraged by the fact that like, it's we're we're going back to like Joel Embiid hero ball again to win some of these games. Yeah, I would say ultimately I'm encouraged. Um, the upside is basically this: if you were worried about his 
plantar fasciitis. If you were worried that he just wasn't right, he looks pretty right. Um, like he came in dealing with this flu and he has clearly not been at a hundred percent. Right. Like you watch him and he looks like he's really, really laboring, but he's just completely dominating. Um, so on that end, it's like, all right, if you could get this guy healthy, if you could get him some rest within the season somehow, um, this guy is just ridiculous. He's easily a top five player in the NBA. And I, if you if you want it, go ahead. I, I will say that it's like I said before, it's a good thing they don't play until uh Friday night against Milwaukee and they're at home. It'll be a nice it's a weekend, it's a three game home stand, so not a whole lot of travel. They play Milwaukee, Minnesota, and Brooklyn, however, three pretty tough opponents. The Bucks, of course, being like a championship contender. The Timberwolves, you know, they're 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 kind of flirt they're kind of flirting with being above average. And luckily, and then, luckily, two of those teams, Harris and Grimm, just tweeted out are two of the three most disappointing teams in the NBA so far this year. He also right. noted, he also said the Sixers. So uh, the Wolves and the Nets aren't as fierce as we we worried about, but the Sixers aren't either. So. And I got I got to say, I, I'm discouraged if it's going to take this kind of performance from Joel Embiid like every night until Harden comes back, because that's just going to wear him down in, you know, March, April playoff times when we like really need him to like carry in the playoffs. Yeah, if you wanted to to find something negative about what we saw, um, I would say it's just. It's you need for this team to win the championship, you need health in the playoffs. And watching what Joel's doing, it's hard to imagine him being a hundred percent come April. Like I'm wondering right now, how the heck is he gonna make it to December 15th at this rate? Yeah. Um, so you know, if they are gonna lean on him to this degree with James Harden out of the game. That's a massive workload on a guy who seems to be laboring pretty good. I mean, we mentioned the shoulder. We know he's got the foot. He's been flexing his knees. He's taken these death-defying leaps to try to get some track down blocks and traffic that are kind of driving me nuts. I'm like, yeah. just let that one go because you you can't stick the landing on all these. You don't know where Jordan Clarkson's feet are going to be. That was scary as hell. Any one of these could take you out for like two, three months. And um, on so on November fourth, on November fourth, we heard that like Harden was going to be out for a month, and like that's going to take us into the beginning of December. And who knows how long it's going to take for him to get into back into game shape and stuff, and if he's load managed correctly. Like, and even if my strategy would make sense, like I don't know if you can necessarily do it because the second half of December. I would literally only play Embiid Christmas Day against the Knicks. And I just sit him down like, yo, that is the only when Harden comes back, that is literally the only game you're playing at the end of <laughs> in the middle of December. I'm not even kidding. I'm not joking at all. I'm like, yo, you are getting the end half of December off, big man. I don't want to see you until January 2nd against New Orleans. Take the rest of the month off. Heal, rest, relax. I we need you for the 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 dog days of like March and April. So, so your thing is basically ride Joe while Harden's out, and then as soon as Harden's back, give Joe a big a big big break. Just a giant break because I think that with 
the if the bench and the roster is as well constructed as we all kind of hope and pray that it is, then you can have nights where you're just like rolling out, you know, uh, Harold and Reed at the five and then just rolling with it. And maybe you play Joel against the Knicks because it's Christmas Day at the Garden. So, you know, satisfy the NBA and just be like, all right, we'll, we'll let you have Joel for, for this game because it's nationally televised Christmas Day. But like outside of that, just, no, take a breather. And if anything, 20 minutes a game for like the entire month of December, if possible. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about getting him fresh for May, you know, and, and whatever it takes. If they have a, a good strategy, fine. I haven't felt like they have over the last few years for that. Um, yeah. But for better or for worse, they got him to the playoffs healthy in the last two seasons. So if they can do it again, great. Um, but but we should we should probably just reflect on how ridiculous he was. He's not a hundred percent right. Okay, and Let's, he's just doing yeah. some like absolutely staggering performances carrying this team. Like we said last night, fifty nine points against the Utah Jazz. Who the surprise the surprising Utah Jazz, and then forty two points in forty minutes uh saturday night against atlanta like good god i i know i know it's the regular season and you want to keep these guys like in game condition and stuff like that but yo 92 like oh my god that's a it's a lot of minutes for a man who we really need come playoff time like 33 points against the suns in a win uh, 42 points against the Hawks and a win, 59 points against the Jazz and a win, and the Jazz were in first place. So, amazing he, performances. I will not. I am not saying they're not. They are incredible, amazing performances. Uh, last night's game, the likes of which I have never, I've really never seen before. But I would rather sacrifice those kinds of games if it means that I get 100 percent Joel come playoff time. Yeah, yeah. I mean. That's that's been my thing for a while. Just get them in the playoffs, hundred percent. That's your best chance at a championship. It's not these games, um, so I, you know, I'm okay with the minute totals. But I would really have someone talk to him about some of these blocks and traffic that he's going for, because yeah. oftentimes the contest is just as good, if not better. The ball doesn't go out of bounds. You're less likely to foul somebody. You're much more likely to get a rebound from a teammate. Um, and most importantly, you're not going to land in an awkward way because when he's hitting the ball and then the ball hits the backboard or his hand slapping the rim of the backboard, that changes the trajectory of his landing and it changes his balance and all that stuff over time. If he does it a hundred times, you know, anything could happen. Anything, anything could, happen. could happen. It's just not like that's not the mindset we want when we see Joel on the court. But oh, goodness gracious. Okay, so cryo cryo chamber for the next two days, ice bath. Yeah, whatever just, he needs, just all of it, just off your feet f- until Friday, big man. Get him, just, get him a Shirley Temple. He's earned it. <laughs> don't literally do not stand up in your own house. Like if you have to take care, if you have to take care of the baby, that's fine. But outside all of that, the video games you can eat, all the video games you can handle. Play FIFA twenty three until your heart's content. I don't care. You've earned it until Friday. Uh, Sixers have now won two in a row. They're back at five hundred seven and seven. So definitely disappointing more disappointing than what we thought and you know the 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 bucks are 
doing things. The Celtics have won six, seven in a row. Cleveland is still hanging out, even though they've lost four straight now. And somehow the Wizards have won like four in a row. Like the East is not the cakewalk we kind of thought it might be. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were, I tweeted this over the weekend. If I were a Bucks or Celtics fan, I would be encouraged by what I see from the Sixers. I mean, Harden was playing these huge minutes. It bit him. Now Embiid is playing these huge minutes. We'll see if that bites him. They're apparently not going to fire Doc Rivers. It's looking like so. All of that would be music to my ears if I were a Bucks and Celtics fan. We'll, because... we'll, we'll get to that point. We'll get to that point and your column from last week. <laughs> um, uh, it is the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. It is the Out of Sight Podcast. Uh, we will be back after a message from these words, and uh, we will get back to some things that came out on the site last week and talk a little bit more Sixers and some in, internal stuff that, that you know may or may not have things to do with a certain uh, head coach that patrols the sidelines. So back after these words. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge? That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It is the Out of Sight Podcast. It is the regular Monday edition of the podcast. We're not talking the post game because that's been covered already. We've kind of marveled at Joel's uh, performance last night. Again, 59 points, uh, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 blocks. Like crazy, crazy numbers. 
And on the site, we kind of, I kind of teased this. And Dave is just Johnny on the spot with the conversations the last couple of weeks. And the, the title, and I saw it and I was just like, damn, Dave is going to say everything that I want to say. Uh, it just says, I can't believe the Sixers haven't fired Doc Rivers yet, and yet I can totally believe it. Um, let's let's face it, are are we stuck with Doc right now? I, I kind of feel like we are, and it's borderline unfortunate. Yeah, it's tough because, you know, when they hired Daryl Morey, a lot of fans were really excited that you were going to get the Daryl Morey who has been running things in Houston and Sixers really ultimately haven't gotten that. And a lot of it is because of doc rivers, I think, uh, and the arrangement that he came here. So now so many of us are wondering, like, is, does Daryl think that this is great? Like, does he look at these Ben Simmons, Dwight Howard, Matisse Stiebel lineups and their massive negative and think this is the exact way I want our coach to be deploying our lineups. I see that this sample isn't working, but I'm thrilled by it. And that goes on for months at a time. Right. Or the next season, it's like, I love the fact that I drafted Paul Reed. I believe in Paul Reed, but we're playing DeAndre Jordan over him, even though it's not working. The the only backup center that has that has worked is uh, Sixers legend Andre Drummond. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, and Drummond wouldn't have worked against certain matchups by the playoffs. That is also true. Which, which the Nets learned. So... The Sixers would have been in trouble even with Drummond if they had to face the Celtics. If they were lucky enough to face the Celtics, they might have been in some trouble. You know, if you're a guy like Andre Drummond, if you're a guy like Trez, if you're not the most switch happy big, if you can't stretch the floor, you looking you're looking at like two or three coaches in the entire league who still have room for you. You know, you're not getting run on a Mike Budenholzer team or an Eric Spolster team. So you're looking at a Doc Rivers team and you're hoping to play for him. And we keep hearing. One of the best reasons about Doc Rivers is that he can recruit these guys. And it's like, well, I understand why he can recruit these guys. So Kyle Newbeck wrote a column basically saying, I don't expect the Sixers to make a big change at this point. They expect Doc to sort of own what he's responsible for, but they understand some of their new acquisitions have not delivered in the way they were hoping. TJ Tucker had arthroscopic knee surgery. Yep. But his defense isn't where they need it to be to win playoff games at this point. Um, and so it just kind of read, when I read his column, it kind of sounded like someone's making excuses and asking the wrong question. Someone's asking the question, is this all Doc's fault? And arriving at the answer, which is no, of course not. Rather than asking the question they need to ask, could, could we improve our chances of winning the championship by changing coaches? And I think that's a pretty easy yes I, I think it's an I think it's something that should at least be like in the discussion because if you're if you're Josh Harris and you're Daryl Moore and you're looking at this team you're looking at this roster that you constructed and right now you're seeing seven and seven. I mean, aside from the James Harden injury because that's definitely part of it. The PJ Tucker injury is definitely part of it. The plantar fasciitis thing is part of it. But like seven and seven and looking really average some nights like i feel like that is a legitimate question that has to be asked come you know january 1 if the sixers are like four or five games under 500 and it just looks like more of the same i feel like that's something that should at least be talked about yeah i mean if you want to win the championship you have to be the best team in the entire league 
And nothing about a team coached by Doc Rivers right now screams uh, experimental or mm-hmm. out of the box. It's just you you kind of know what you're getting. It's not the highest ceiling possible. He's going to coach with the most expected thing. He's going to play through and be in the post. He's going to deploy the James Harden and be pick and roll. He's not going to do a lot of experimenting. He's not going to, you know, try some of these things that Mike D'Antoni has tried over the years with Maury, where they're just jacking up threes or really gun leading into small ball. He may not be excited to try some of the weirder trades that Maury wants to do. You know, remember Maury traded like Clint Capella for Covington. Yeah. Went with the smallest roster in the league. I don't know if he would like to do something like that now, but you've got to assume Doc has some, some roster control over the end of the roster, given the way he was hired first and Elton Brand probably promised him some collaborative stuff. That was the catchphrase at the time when they hired Doc. Just so that word again. Yeah. So I just uh I just don't feel like it's a good match and I don't feel like they're going to tap that one percent with this guy here. I want to bring up and circle back to a point that you made about Doc's you know coaching style. And I, I need to point out I, I don't know if the Sixers kind of know this, but it is the year 2022 and the game of basketball has evolved quite a bit in the last, I don't know, when Doc won his last championship. But to your point, I think at this point, the book is out for Doc Rivers' coaching style and the rotations that he that he deploys. And the strategy to defeat that, it's written. It's common law, pretty much. And you see over and over and over again, head coaches, like they have this framework. They have the players to beat the schemes. And yet, I don't know who is not paying attention or who doesn't want to pay attention or does not want to make that hard decision. But at what point do you just say, okay, this guy is, this this guy might be cooked a little bit. Like, we think that everybody knows how to play him, how to defend him. There's nothing unique about his coaching style anymore. There's just not. And in a league where evolution is king, especially when you have a general manager like Daryl Morey, who thinks outside the box, that is something that should worry people. And it definitely worries me. Yeah, it's very worrisome. I, I think he might well be cooked. I think he might have been cooked before he came to Philly. Over and over again, we've seen coaches just, just you know, pants Doc Rivers, like most famously <laughs> when he was with the Clippers and uh, blowing the blowing that uh three one lead against the Denver Nuggets. Like he's he he gets pants every year in the playoff time. And yeah, at, at what point do you just say, all right, this this guy might be done. Let's just stick him in the analyst booth, a- Andrew. Quote from the Cookies Hoops podcast with Ben Dietrich had a good analogy. He basically nailed it. He said, like, Embiid and Harden are stakes. And when Doc Rivers looks at this, he wants to put out some some pork chops and some sausages. But really all he needs is, like, the baked potato and the salad, you know, like the sides. You've got the stakes, so you don't always need other ball handlers out there. Like, you don't need to to deploy – Tobias in a certain role and shake Milton. You don't need shake and maxi at the same time. Those guys are out there, right? Like sometimes a guy who can just shoot threes and play D complements th- th- that crew perfectly. And those stakes just need a chance to shine in, in some ideal lineups. 
And so the way Doc sees the game, uh, you know, I just have a problem with it too often. I think he thinks you always have to have an old school center out there. Maybe he's changing that over the last few days with more Paul Reed. Um, Trez did inject some life tonight. It should be noted, but there are things to worry about when the playoffs come around and he leans on Trez because he feels most comfortable with him and Trez has some trouble defending high screen and rolls. Uh, and then there, like we talked about, like certain lineup combinations, like when you need a stop, you are turning to a lineup that has Maxi, Shake Milton, and George Niang out there. And I'm like, well, what are you and, doing? <laughs> or, or Harden and Trez and Shake. And I'm thinking you're not going to get those stops you need with this lineup. I mean, the Washington Wizards look like Harlem Globetrotters right now. Yeah. And you you said uh, Harold isn't that great on high screening rules. Gee, uh, Milwaukee runs that. Boston runs that. Atlanta certainly runs that with Trey Young. Uh, if that's kind of the thing where the Cleveland Cavaliers will run that, the Cleveland death. Cavaliers will run that to death with with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley all at the same time and like a horn. Garland. Oh Ooh. my god! Like. If yeah, there's nothing more I can say about that other than you know if we keep this up, we're just gonna see Doc get pantsed in the playoffs again. So yeah, you you probably didn't expect such a negative podcast from us. We're worried about Embiid. We're worried about the injury profile. We're worried about the coach. But I think it's seven and seven even after these epic performances by Joe. It's it's very fair to be very worried. It's it's okay. It's okay to be positive, but it's also okay to be worried. You can be yep. both of those things at the same time. And I definitely am with this team. And it sounds like Dave is a little bit as well. Yeah, I think if you have a player as good as Joe, if you have a player as good as Harden and Maxi, uh, if you got some key role players, you deserve to have title in mind. And right now, they have a long, long way to go. And I don't know what the move is, you know, out outside of maybe firing the coach might work. I don't know if there's a trade that would work I, with the exception of maybe moving Tobias Harris. But then again, we tried that in the offseason and nobody bit. So, you know, we're, we're stuck with that. I guess we should bring up the fact that Sean Devaney said the Sixers are focused on Kevin Durant. Have you seen this one? No, I have not. It made it to the Liberty Ball or Slack uh, chat. NBA Central was putting the quote. I haven't read the actual article yet, but Sean of the Sporting News said the Sixers are still thinking KD. And if you remember from the offseason when we wondered what that package would look like, it would basically be Maxie's the centerpiece. You would need Joe Sy to say, you know what? I'm blowing this thing up. I want a star. I'm not getting one from like three or four picks, but I can get one in Tyrese Maxie. I'm not in love with Tobias Harris, but He's only got a year and a half left on his deal, something like that. And I'll maybe, hold my I'll hold my nose and take that one. Yeah, and then maybe you tinker with the protections on that 2027 pick you already owe them, so that you could also give him maybe the 2029 pick and a swap or something. Uh, so maybe if this is a thing or not a thing, I don't know, but that's basically how it would look because I doubt they would be looking to trade James Harden um, or Joel Embiid. So and last week, last week you were trying to trade for Kyrie Irving. This week you're trying to trade for Kevin Durant. Like I, I see where this is going, Dave. Well, well, from an, a basketball standpoint, is it possible that they would just give you Kyrie Irving for Tobias Harris? Period, and then you'd have to be vetoed by ownership to say we just don't want him here. Uh, talk about holding my nose and just like trying to embrace something. God. Yeah, one. 
I wonder if uh, I wonder if the Nets were willing to deal Kyrie for just basically nothing. How many teams would say no thanks anyway for, I, I, for PR? I, I think the I think the Lakers are really holding out on that Kyrie for Westbrook trade. I think they're they are just pleading for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I can't think of another team. Yeah, you might be right. And so, you know, Kevin's obviously the big target. Um, I said this to some friends, and they were like, "No, not Maxi." <laughs> um, just, just saying, Tyrese, Tyrese is good, Brooklyn. I'm just saying, if there, if uh, if KD wants out, uh, Tyrese Maxi is not exactly the worst thing that you can uh, put together for him. And then K and KD is not shy to say fire your coach now that I'm here either. So maybe he could do for maybe them yeah. these guys are too chicken to do right now. Maybe KD is the catalyst we need to get Doc Rivers out of here. Yeah, he says, oh, "Look, I'll I'll prefer Cassell or Jaeger or anyone off the street." Uh, if that if that's the case, I'm willing to trade just about anybody for Kevin Durant if he's just like, "Listen, all right, you can trade for me, but one of the conditions is I do not want to be coached by that guy." Well, maybe he, right maybe he would like him. Doc Doc is known for not being really hard in practice on stars, you know. So maybe he would enjoy that. Oh he'd be like, Lord. look, I'm basically the coach here. <laughs> oh, well, Dave, always nice talking to you after uh, epic performances. <laughs> uh, speaking of epic performances, uh, Eagles play tonight. Uh, they are, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, the sponsor of Liberty Ballers. Uh, they are an 11 point favorite against the Washington commanders. I think that's a little bit high, but that's just me. Like divisional games are typically close and Washington is Eagles commanders games. They're always weird. They're always strange. Uh, I'm not worried about that line. I think the Eagles could cover it. If, if I could, you're laying I, 11. You're like, screw it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't think I would do that. But if I if I liked the odds that they were offering me on the alternative minus 9.5 line to win by 10. Yeah, not nine and a half isn't bad. I, I, I do like that a hell of a lot more. I will say that. Um, so I, the way I would do it is I might pick that and, and sneak it into a parlay with an NBA game I really liked. Oh, see, now you're speaking my language. Uh, <laughs> two, two sport, two sport uh, parlays are always my favorites. That's how I roll. <laughs> so I, I guess we're both saying that uh, Sixers are going to be seven and seven and the Eagles are going to nine and oh by the time uh, Tuesday rolls around. I mean, the commanders have a really good quarterback in Sam Howell and they haven't even put him in yet. I don't, I have no idea what they're thinking. They would look so smart for having drafted him. Yes. And and yet they're just riding with the backup who they failed with last season in Heineke. Um, who's actually better than Wentz. So yes. it's just it doesn't make any sense to me what they're doing. I don't understand why they wouldn't just look to the future. I think Howell to Jahan Dotson could be a really lethal combo. You've got yeah. Terry McLaurin there. Uh, and that would actually maybe challenge the Eagles tomorrow night. But the they're way they're going to try to win this game <laughs> by like leaning on Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in the run. I think they're going to get pants and it's going to be one of those games where even Gainwell and Boston Scott are racking up some points for your fantasy team. Uh, Eagles minus nine and a half is minus 140, just so you know, on DraftKings. I'll take it. That's not bad. I like that. I, yeah. I like that. I would put that in a parlay right now. Yeah. Until next week. And uh, yeah, we got the. Got the Bucks on Friday. 
then uh Brooklyn, the the Ben the big Ben Simmons return. Uh it should should be fun. Should be fun times this weekend, folks. And it's also and it's Ooh. also and it's also my birthday on Thursday. So there's that. Oh, happy birthday early. early Thank birthday. you. Gracias. Uh if anybody is around, uh come down to uh Manitoni Stillworths on East Passionk Avenue. I'm having a uh Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy theme birthday party. Uh so just bring a towel. Uh everybody'll know what that means because the the towel is the most important thing to an international um an interstellar uh traveler. But anyway, uh come on down, hang out, say hi, uh shake my hand, whatever, it's fine. Until next Monday, Adil Royster, you can follow me on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. You can follow David at David underscore early. Follow Liberty Ballers, Liberty at Liberty underscore Ballers. I don't know why I always screw up the sign offs, but whatever. Read the no, sign- no one, no underscore on mine. No underscore on no underscore on Dave, but an underscore on Liberty Ballers. Yes. Uh, always listen to all of the other fine podcasts on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network and read the site, LibertyBallers.com. Until next week, Dave, always nice talking to you. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.